Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Movies and a Meal, the podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. I'm your co-host Ben, and as always, I'm joined by Keith hey. and Brad. What's up? And for this episode, where we're going to review Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we also have friend of the podcast, Matt. Matt, how's it going? Hey guys, it's going great. Matt's here to talk about comic book movie again, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which just opened on May 5th. It is the third and probably final movie of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy with the original cast, which includes, among other people, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Palm Clementine, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, and just some other stuff, Karen Karen Gillan, and just some other people, and introduces some new characters whose names we will try to pronounce later on, <laughs> organically, maybe, God, uh, God help us, but... <laughs> yes, Ben has looked up how to pronounce the um. What is this? What, the, what is the High Evolutionary? Several times. I think we're ready. Chikuti Iwuji. Yes, yes, yes. So, so we're ready. We might just call him the High Evolutionary. Yeah, exactly. Out of respect, that's <laughs> his name the entire time. Chikuti Iwuji. Yeah, I believe that's what you said. But before we even get into that, and I think we're gonna. This is how we're gonna do it. I think. After Brad reads the summary, we're going to give our general thoughts, and then we'll do the ratings and Rotten Tomatoes and the box office. And then we're going to talk about the spoilers and everything that we're going to do that fairly early. So we could just talk about talk about it freely, and then anybody else who wants to learn or watch this movie and hasn't seen it yet isn't inadvertently spoiled. So um, Brad, I'm going to kick it over to you first, and why don't you tell the folks what this movie is about? All right, as always, summary courtesy of IMDb. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. All right, so let me let me ask our guests first, Matt. Um, what are your first impressions about this movie? Uh, this was a really good movie. <laughs> Uh, as far as these types of superhero movies and especially the ones that are kind of a little less of your prototypical classic superhero story right they're a little rebellious they're a little you know punk rock kind of thing i mean not literally punk rock. we get a lot of musical influences in this i guess <laughs> but uh there's it's it's like just a little bit a little bit more violent a little bit more crude in its way it it does an excellent job just kind of doing doing everything that uh james gunn's guardians of the galaxy movies have done if you if you like the first two you're really going to like this one you know brad why don't you go then keith and i'll, I'll close it out exactly i agree i gotta agree but i'm gonna i'm gonna call a little audible here um every time i do a, a movie education movie ben always asks the the key question when was i hooked on the movie or when, when did i get into the movie real quick matt what scene that really hooked you into this movie I think it was all in pretty early on. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of like what the actual first scene is. I mean, I guess it's, um, I guess, is it them at nowhere? I, I don't want to yeah, spoil too much. I think, I, it, I think it opened, I think the very first scene, without spoiling it too much, is like a flashback. Oh, okay. With Rocket, okay. but then it oh, okay. transitions to President oh, that's Rocket right. and catches everybody up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Ooh, that's a really good question. So, okay. Um, I think there's a scene that happens pretty early on with uh, Star-Lord, with Quill, um, Chris Pratt playing him in particular, where he kind of has this sort of revelation of sorts about the way he's been behaving. And I thought, oh, okay, we're going to get like a really thoughtful 
examination of some things. And we, we don't get it all the way, but it did show me that there's so much care into the characters of this movie that it wasn't just going to be, you know, like a lot of action and stuff that I, I knew was probably going to be in there, but also that there's just a lot of love for these characters. So, so it was pretty early on. It was probably as they were about to embark on their adventure that I was like, this is going to be a very good movie. I'm, I don't really have much to worry about. I'll just say this. I think it was probably the intro song. Also, uh, everything was great. Keith? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> exactly. well I'm saving I everything for spoilers. I, I, I so. do like that Brad did that because, you know, I will say this is not a critique, but when we do superhero movies, Brad's opening statement is usually about five minutes because hey, he loves everything. Hey. So that was, a, that was a nice change. There, like there, 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 is, there, is, there are spoilers of galore I want to get yeah. into. So I'm just going to say everything was great. Everybody was great. Go ahead, Keith. What do you got? Well, you know, I mostly agree with you. Um, you know, as as Matt said, you know, what shines through in this is that he loves these characters, and clearly, you know, you can tell when you're watching a James Gunn movie, and with even 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 more than Brian Coogler, I think any director in the MCU puts his own stamp on it, and it shows that these are his characters and how much he loves them. And I've just enjoyed following them through the three movies. This is almost as good as the first one, which makes it, of course, really good. And the fact that he's you know, survived in the MCU and now went on to DC and kept his own voice. Um, it's why I love this movie and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think of all the MCU movies, they seem to have given James Gunn the most latitude to do whatever he wants. And, you know, no one expected the first movie to be a hit. Uh, these are C-tier characters at best, probably not even that. And the great thing with James Gunn is that, and I, I, and a lot of people with properties like this is like when you take care, when you take possession of a property no one really cares about, you can really make it into your own, and like kind of no one's looking. And James Gunn was really able to inject a lot into it, and he's carried it on to all three of his movies. And I just enjoyed that, you know, there was a satisfaction for this third movie that I, I hadn't felt since the end of Endgame, really. Just like, okay, everybody is in a good place, um, you know, or it was satisfactory to me. And, you know, if it's like, I, if I never see these characters again, then I'm happy with that. It's just really good. I, we'll get into it later. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with James Gunn in DC when he has to take hold of characters that people know um and we'll probably have a lot more to say about than initially what they did with like a star lord or a gamora but i cannot complain at all with this um it, it was good it was good um also i don't know if this i don't know if this is going to be a return to form um of marvel movies given the like the last slate of uh, phase four and phase five that we've seen right now or if there's going to be an anomaly and then it's going to go back to kind of the status quo which is uh, kind of tough for Marvel right now, but um. So what is the next Marvel movie? The Marvels. Oh, that's right. The okay, Marvels. that's right. That, that should uh, be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why don't we again just kind of keep it moving here, and we'll go back to Matt. And so Matt, what is your rating? This this is a really good question because it's really um kind of bounced around a little bit as I was thinking about it uh since since I saw it on uh, Friday night, um and I think I'm gonna say I think I'm gonna say a four on this and that is just because it is uh just really really excellent at what it does um there are some things where uh like if, if i i'm not 100 sure i did this but I, i'm sure i probably gave like spider-man no way home a 4.5 that just that seems like something i probably did and so like it doesn't quite 
meet that just on a on a personal connection level but in terms of the craft in terms of just so much that went into this and and how it how well it came through i mean it's a it's a wonderful wonderful movie so i would say a four okay brad then keith and i'll go last i'm like matt i bounced between two numbers and um i i seriously had to go back to my uh, marvel movie list and just kind of look to see where i have it on the on the ranking there and it's a borderline top 10 movie for me i'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five and i was flirting with a five for a little bit and i it's a real good movie it's just i don't know it just it's a it's i i like the way it ended it's just for me it just didn't have the same feel as some of the five movies that i had on there and i don't i, I can't explain it really um there's a couple things with the ending that kind of left me down but i can understand why they did it and it's actually better that way but me personally it hurts a little so well hurts is a strong word but so um i'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five and it's a borderline top 10 uh marvel movie of all time not just mcu but marvel movie of all time for me so uh so i'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five all right i'll go <clears throat> i'll go four i almost entirely love this and i've been with james gunn like these guys forever and he's just my guy i will say the beginning was a little mumble a little jumbled uh before they got to ogrecore i guess it's called and and the that's when it really got going so that's my only real as brad likes to say quibble with it i will give it four out of five uh, i'm gonna give it a four i like i said it, it was a satisfying movie to me. Um, I think I might be the least into the Guardians as far as the four of us. And not, not that I'm saying it's a bad movie. It's just, um, <laughs> I, I just, the, that extra thing that you guys find in it, um, I just haven't. But again, respect to James Gunn for just, for just doing it his way. It's a weird movie. Visually, it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's a little gross. Um, <laughs> it's pretty violent for an MCU movie. The first like uncensored f bomb is uttered in an MC movie, MCU movie in this one. Mm -hmm. But he did it his way, and uh, you got to respect him for that. And it just turned out to be an incredibly emotional movie um, uh, around a character. I, if you had to give me the odds in all MCU movies where it's just like it's the most emotional uh, story arc, I would not have picked this character um, in this movie. But um, it's a four for me uh, for sure. So. Um, right. let's do Rotten Tomatoes uh, again we'll just do round robin again so um, Matt will be the first to guess but all right critics and audience uh Matt what are you thinking okay start with critics uh, I'm gonna say like an 80 for critics and then um 95 for audience all right well I know the critics were I saw a few there's all the AP always just baffles me I don't know why I don't think they watch the movie they just make crap up but I'll go 75 I saw a few bad reviews and I'm with you, 95 for the fans. I'll go Price is Right style from Matt's <laughs> score. So I'll go like 81 for critics, and um, I'll go a little bit higher for the audience, 97. Ben, you're right on the money with critics, 81%, okay. 278 reviews. Keith and Matt, you're right on for audience, 95%, 2,500 plus reviews. Okay. So Excellent. As far as the critics' consensus, uh, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes, a galactic group hug that might squeeze a little too tight on the heartstrings. The final <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is a loving last hurrah for the MCU's most ragtag family. Do you want to do the box office? We'll do the box office. How much money did this movie make? Do you all want to take a crack at a guess before I give it to you? Or do you want me to just give it to you? Just give it to you. Just give it to you. Okay. It's number one. I think you could probably guess that. $114 million. Wow. Week okay. one. So... Um, and I believe it's 200 and some uh, globally. I, I didn't 
look, but I think it was around that number there. So uh, number two, still holding strong, actually dropping the number two for the first week. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, $18.6 million this week, a five-week total, $518.2 million. And it is, I believe, <laughs> crossed the billion-dollar mark globally. So uh, number three is Evil Dead Rise, $5.7 million, a three-week total of $54.1 million. Fourth, and this is an estimate on the numbers, but number four is, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Estimated numbers at $3.2 million, million mm -hmm. this week and $12 million for two weeks. And then number five, debuting here, Love Again, with $2.4 million. I don't even know what that is. I didn't look, I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't really look it up. Yeah, I was okay. like, so, it's all but, good. It's all good. Um, but I, I think it's in the same vein as... Um, the Julia Roberts, George Clooney movie. But anyway, so, yep, th those are the box office numbers. So Guardians uh, atop a week uh, week one. So true story. Uh, I, <laughs> I went to go see this with, with my 10-year-old. He's about to turn 11. And as we were walking into the theater, I said I, I saw the poster for Love Again, and I said, that's actually what we're going to see tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he started to get really upset before I told him it was... <laughs> You, you shouldn't mess with 11-year-olds, but you know that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> His reaction, I would love to see. I'm pretty sure that was a good reaction. So <laughs> he, was, he was not happy for a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, Lordy. Okay, Brad. So you want to you wanna turn on the spoilers? Yeah, spoilers! Fly away! Soar away now. Let me just give you the rundown real quick. The spoilery summary basically is that you know this is rocket's movie for more more or less though he's sidelined for about half of it because he's mm -hmm. injured because the high evolutionary who is the bad guy wants him because he he is one of rocket is one of his failed experiments and there's just something about him about his development that still intrigues the high evolutionary as he tries to continue to make the perfect species so rocket is taken out very early because uh, adam warlock who is this Part of the sovereign uh race that the high evolutionary created is also come to collect him and so rocket's out he's injured and so the rest of the guardians are on a on a mission to kind of get the information to fix him and while our guy rocket is in a coma it's flashed back to his backstory which is basically how he was experimented on by high evolutionary you know he made these friends but the high evolutionary is very a callous person and was just like, okay, you guys were just the experiments. And now that your experiments are over, then we're going to kill you. <laughs> and so all his friends die. And then Rocket is like, you know, he's just left as a very kind of bitter, hurt person. And I didn't rewatch the first two Guardians movies, but watching the clips again and you recontextualize those mm -hmm. first two movies about Rocket's attitude and everything like it really makes sense and I think this was always James Gunn's mission but long story short you know the Guardians are victorious <laughs> but they all have their own growth that they have to do Star-Lord and Mantis are basically retired they lead the team to do their own thing Dave Bautista's uh, Drax and Nebula are also kind of out of the game they leave the guardian so they can basically raise these refugee children that they <laughs> rescued zamora who is the 2014 version not the one that fell in love with peter quill but the one that was plucked out at the end of endgame 
doesn't get back with Peter Quill, and he she goes and becomes a Ravager again, and um, you know it ends with a new squad, and uh, that's it. Everyone surprisingly doesn't die, which we I don't think any of us really expected that yeah. to happen. But now that the spoilers off, Matt, um, let's talk let's talk a little bit more about your thoughts in this movie, how it went, because you know you mentioned that you you brought your kid in this to this mm-hmm. movie, and I would say this is probably one of the most darkest most violent and most but also emotionally hard pulling mcu movies i think we've Mm -hmm. ever had so what was it like for you and also just watching it and then having a uh having a kid in tow and and watching them react to it so you're exactly right there were a lot of times where um my son would uh kind of avert his eyes a little bit you know with the with the animal abuse with some of the you know kind of uh genetic mutation stuff that would happen that's really visceral and kind of gross and and there's there's a lot of that so there were a couple of times where i was like uh-oh did i make a did i make a huge mistake here um bringing him uh to see this but uh but he, but ultimately what i think is so important about this movie is just how like it is incredibly dark at times but ends in this really really warm and kind of complete place for for the characters i we when when he and i and 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 a friend that we went and saw it with were talking before the movie we were kind of like just talking a little bit about predictions that we could make and inevitably we got to you know who do you think is going to die because it just feels like the thing that happens in what seems like kind of a conclusion movie like this concluding a trilogy concluding you know a a run you know whatever and so we we kind of made our picks i thought i thought for sure just based off of everything dave bautista had said that the drax was gonna uh die in this movie but instead he gets this incredible redemptive arc of like finding his purpose and there are so many wonderful little moments in this that I did not realize how much they were seeding for the culmination for their end like he calls himself Drax the Destroyer in the beginning or early in the movie at least and I think that might be one of the first times that that full phrase has been used to describe him you know verbatim in the movie and but the fact that he then kind of evolves from being the destroyer into a dad right at the end is just so sweet and wonderful so it's like honestly one of the most uplifting marvel movies even while also being um really really dark in a lot of places it totally changed my mind on some of what i thought were some of my doubts for james gunn leading the ship at DC because they're so much more, uh, you know, sincere in a lot of ways with their, with their superheroism. And, and I'm sure we might, you know, dive into that a little bit towards the end, but all in all, the, the cool thing about this movie was just how um, absolutely earnest and uh, powerfully emotional it was for being really dramatic and scary at times, as well as just being really so uplifting. The thing that, uh, just, just one last thing, and then I'll, I'll cede to, to anybody else, but uh, the, I, mo- I mentioned before when Brad asked me that question, the moment with Star-Lord, as he's kind of like, you know, he's 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 kind of like, really reeling from his relationship with Gamora and and where it is, you know, with Gamora being this time displaced alternate universe version and everything. And he wants to rekindle that relationship. She's rejecting him. So he's drinking and he's, and he's really in bad shape at the beginning of this movie. But then when rocket has the problem, 
where he gets hurt and and Quill kind of realizes, oh, I got to get I got to get my head into the game here. And he has kind of those moments of reflection where he's like, man, this is not OK. I, if, if I was on my game, maybe maybe Rocket wouldn't have been hurt. I've got to I got to put this. You know, he's like really personally reflective in a way where the last what uh, four years or whatever, five years since Infinity War. The main thing you think about Quill is he's, he's the big dummy that wouldn't keep his emotions in check because he was so busy being upset about Gamora, they punches Thanos and ruins their plan at the last minute. And the snap happens and it's, you know, it's kind of all his fault basically. So it's this, just this great way to get back into the characters in a way that honors them, treats them as like real characters and not like, you know, caricatures. And, and it's just, it's just really well done all the way around. It's a really rewarding experience. I can't wait to go back and watch it again, either in theaters or when it comes to streaming, just because I think there's just so many interactions there that I, I wasn't fully picking up on the first time. So I know that's a ton, but that was, there's just so many cool thoughts bouncing around my head about this movie. I, like I said, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Let me, let me just piggyback a little bit on that and just offer a little bit of context and I'll, I'll turn it back over to these guys, but you know, it's funny to think that this movie almost never came to be, you know, James Gunn was fired for some tweets that he had had and, you know, Disney had gotten rid of them and the cast, I think led by Batista pretty much said, Hey, we're not doing it if he's not coming back. (laughs) And, you know, he actually came back and it might've been good for him to just have some time and it worked out well for him career-wise, James Gunn, because DC hired him in the interim to do the Suicide Squad movie. And now look at him. That was yeah. kind of his audition <laughs> tape to kind of head the whole thing up. And he got to come back to close out his uh, Guardian stuff. And a lot of the people that you saw in Suicide Squad actually pop up in this movie, too. Danielle Melchior and you know Jennifer Holland, his wife, and... Just like all basically his people, Nathan Fillion, like they're all that Sylvester Stallone, who was in the who was in the second movie, yeah. uh, Michael Rosenbaum, um, you know they're all they're all back, and it was just maybe it was, maybe actually it was good for him to like put some things in context, and I think there's some strange in this movie, some of the stuff that Peter Quill says, and you know the realization at the end that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like James Gunn is using them as his vessel to just kind of explain, like, you know, where he's at and what's going on. But um, I'm curious, Brad, so tell us a little bit more about some of the things that just didn't sit right with you. You said maybe the ending. Or... Well, b- before I want to get in that, I just want to touch on the fact that James Gunn had found a way to use every single main character and then had them evolve or even to an extent, grow up. Starting with Quill, it's like he he's depressed, he's mopey, he's about Gamora. He grows up to the point that he realizes that's not his Gamora. He realizes that I need to find somebody else. Also, I need to reconnect with my family on Earth. He's been running away from it so long, he actually grew up there. Same thing with Mantis. Mantis was basically just being used as a, uh, basically just like an emotion changer or whatever. That was it. She was just basically told what to do. She realized she had to grow up and do her own thing and be her own person. Same thing with Batista. I know Matt touched on uh, Drax, and it, it was wonderful seeing him go from um, being the over-aggressive, oblivious jerk, because <laughs> basically he played, and, and Batista does a great job playing that, but I mean, just getting mm-hmm. back and just finding the heart of the origin of the character. The origin of the character is he became the Destroyer because his family got killed. So basically, he reverted back because he now had a family to take care of. He reverts back to the man he was before, to an extent. Even uh, Karen uh, Karen Gillian's character is Nebula. It's hers is a little less known, but I mean, she you can see she's starting to show compassion to the Guardians, and she's still 
she's still like overbearing and all that and um obnoxious and um uh, gruff at times but i mean just you could see her emotions starting to come to the surface and starting to care for all of them emotional change you can see is a rocket raccoon uh, with bradley cooper by the way is it's awesome. His his voice is awesome in this. I mean, just I mean, just from from the horrors of his early life to the reunion scene in um uh, as he's dying, which I'm not afraid to say it. I cried and I well, teared up. I definitely was. I, I I probably teared up two or three times in this movie, and that was the first one. So I mean, it's just it was it was wonderfully done. And I mean, it's just and Cooper does an awesome job. Just his voice inflections and all that is very well done. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single character, even Gamora, has 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 room to grow in this. Because I mean, it's like she she learns to not just be ruthless assassin. And I mean, like in some of the early scenes, I'm mean, like when when they infiltrate was it Ogre World? Was that the name of it? And, and Orgo Corp. Orgo Corp. Orgo Corp. Yeah. Orgo Sphere. Yeah, yeah. When 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 they infiltrate that, I mean. When they're trying to do things peacefully, she shoots the person right in the leg. Yeah. So, I mean, it's <laughs> that's like Jennifer, that's Jennifer Holland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and and that was really funny. I laughed at that. I, mean, I know I know it's a borderline to laugh at, but it was very funny. No, I mean, and it's <laughs> like in some scenes, I'm like, shoot, she's stabbing people and like threatening. Yeah. I mean, so, but I mean, she she starts to realize that she has family now. She has people to get along with, and and that that ties into one of the things I I I wish could happen, but I understood why they didn't do it. I really wanted her to get back with the Guardians. Maybe that's a selfish thing mm-hmm. for me. I think one of the things was I really wanted to see a little more with her and the Guardians, even though you do have scenes like uh, the the bonding with Groot. The Groot thing is probably my only downside. And Keith, I'm I'm, I'm getting into a dive trap here because I, I put it off. But I love Groot in this, but I really wanted to see origins of Groot and Rocket. I think that would have been something that I would really would have loved to see because they do the origins of Rocket escaping and, and they do that. But you don't, Groot is an interesting character, but I wish I was seen that. However, the final scene when Groot says, I love you, and I didn't catch it at first, but then I, <laughs> and then I finally realized what happened and I, I had yeah. a little help, but it's basically we've been on a ride with them all three through three, three move, three main movies and five or six other movies. You finally understood what Greek was saying. And I, it hit me hard then. It hit me real hard, but I'm starting to tear up now, but it's so, <laughs> so damn good. So, and I, and I could go on and on, but I, I think he's probably going to strangle me here if I continue on. So Keith, Go ahead. Well, what do you no, think? I would never quite do that. But, you know, you, you got it in, not for your opening this time, you're in your second night. It's okay. I know Brad likes about superhero movies, and that's great. But, you know, um, you're right. I, I will say I really liked, though, even though you're right about Gamora and uh, Quill, I really like how that was written, where yeah. they are now. Yeah. And I knew that she wasn't going to stay with the Guardians. I mean, not to say I knew, but just knew in my heart. But I like the way the two of them are now. But you can't stress enough that this is thoroughly a rocket movie yes and rocket is great like you said um you all talk about when you bought into it i don't know if it's the first scene but when rocket is strutting through nowhere singing creep that is the only radiohead song i even i don't really like radiohead but that song of course is an anthem and that, that it fits it fits them perfectly and now to get into the origin of rocket and some of the animal stuff you know it's the beauty of james gunn you're right this movie ends up in a very very warm place they all they all re- be where they should be but when rocket since we're full spoilers off when rocket makes his escape from the high evolutionary you've already met him 
with all his little animal friends and it's um was it teeth lila and floor yeah and you know it's so sweet it's something like out of like homeward bound or something it's and, and they really build that up and then when he makes his escape lila dies and then he's and then he's the other two die and then he gets out it shows you exactly why rocket is so you know jaded and i will say i didn't cry, cry as much as brad i'm not knocking him everybody should cry during watching this movie the only thing that got to me was when he finally goes back and goes back and he sees the, the litter of raccoons and he looks up and he realizes and gives in that he is a raccoon and they're all climbing all over him that that was it i was lost you know so um there's so many reasons to love this but i love the fact that it was a rocket movie and it was perfect for that yeah who who knew that the deepest emotional storyline of all the mcu is rocket raccoon i didn't think that was but yeah hats off to bradley <laughs> cooper you know i say this before but they stuck the landing with this and uh, hats off to james gunn and again if i don't ever see these characters again um <laughs> in a good way like i'm i'm happy where, where they ended up i like how they also some of the minor characters even though they've been like background pieces like sean uh craglin sean gunn is craglin and uh, uh maria bakalova is the voice of cosmo they <laughs> they even get their moments to shine and um i i really love the running gag which it could be tiring for some i love the bad dog thing it's Obviously, just like yeah. it's just like it's like even in a card game they're playing the card game and she and uh yeah. and cosmo's like just going on and she's like but then you call me a bad dog and everybody's <laughs> like oh it's like just call him a girl dog and craglin's like nope nope she's a bad dog it's 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 so well done and i really mm -hmm. love a, a little quick like Five second Yandu appearance there when when, uh, when Sean Gunn and, and when Craglin finally has to step up and Ben I think he made the comment it's like poor poor Michael Rooker he's got to get dressed up all in that makeup for just like a five second clip of him showing up there but it was I thought that was really well done one quibble is the one likes quibbles um Chikuti Iwuji I want to say his name is pronounced I gotta say, not quite a by the numbers villain but a B level oh villain. no no I, I disagree say, uh, I disagree He's not he's not the level of Killmonger or Thanos, but I enjoyed he's just a straight bad guy. There's no nuance to him, but he's just in, but he's also very committed to what he's doing. Yeah, there is, but the whole vengeful god kind of angle, I just I've seen it before. And you guys, you know, everybody gets their opinion. It's just my opinion. I just didn't think it was, you know, it wasn't terrible. It was not for me. A, it was a B level villain at best. I think he's a. I like again. Maybe I'm going against the grain since I can't tell by Brad's side there. But uh, <laughs> I think he could be a top five or top ten villain. He's definitely in the upper on, upper echelon. On Twitter, I saw um, somebody made a comment. They had a, a list of pictures, and I think it was the. I think it's the top two, top four MCU villains after Endgame, and he's one of the four on there. So, mm -hmm. um, what's his name from Shang Chi? There, I yeah, uh, yeah, Wen Wu, uh, Norman Osborn, and I okay. forget the fourth, but I mean, it's just, and I got it right in my notes. I mean, he's, uh, uh, Dang, I guess, yeah, uh, yeah, Chikudi Iwuji is just basically a great piece of crap in this movie. So, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, he's, he's just using everything and everything in his means just to feed his obsession with perfection. And I mean, and it's a very brutal way he does it, but I agree with Ben. I mean, it's just like his just singular goal for that. And just his non-conforming and just non-just, he's he's not changing. I mean, he's just going to be an evil person mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of people's <laughs> eyes. So, I mean, even his coworkers. And I, I, like I said, I think 
it's a tough watch, but I'm glad he stayed with the character all the way to the end. I, I really like the character. I mean, I'd have to really think about if he's a top 10. He very well could be top 10 MCU, but I, I really, I, I like the character. Maybe maybe not as much as Ben, but I like him a lot more than Keith does. So. <laughs> I, I think people kind of compared him a little bit. I think it's easy to compare him to uh, Dr. Frankenstein mm -hmm. or um, uh, Dr. Monroe, you know. Right? Yeah, like the island of Dr. Mubro. Yes. <laughs> Matt, we'll let you back in here. We've kind of been uh, guarding, uh, hogging the talk here. No, it's good. I uh, I think, you know, it's an interesting character that is very different from the comic book portrayal of him, where I, in a lot of ways it's very stoic. You know, it's just very, you know, it's, it's, it's as calm as you might consider the process of evolution right it just kind of it just kind of happens and you know there's there's nothing really to be done about it this portrayal in in the movie here is manic right at a certain point and i think was really compelling about it to me was that it like it, it, it he kind of um you know unravels throughout the course of the movie so that you know he seems really you know we you know he's a bad guy right away but it's like the the sheer kind of villainy that starts just to you know just as his very face and body and stuff seems like it's pasted together it's like the evil is just kind of like leaking from his pores and all of that stuff too it's like he can't contain that just like he can't contain anything else he's losing his control internally just as he sees it start to dissipate you know externally he can't stop these guardians from doing all the stuff he can't get rocket you know and and it's just it's destroying him and then to find out it really just comes back to this very basic idea that Rocket can do something that, for one, he did not expect Rocket to be able to do, <laughs> and two, that he couldn't even necessarily automatically figure out. So, you know, he has that that line where he says, how are you able to do this? I made you, you know? So it's like this idea of like this just incredible arrogance, this this hubristic uh, kind of like certainty in himself as like being uh, what he says at one point, he says, you know, God doesn't exist. So I had to step in. Right. He <laughs> obviously considers himself, you know, on on par with any other you know force in the galaxy. And mm -hmm. if it wasn't played so well, it probably would come across like so cookie cutter, so um, caricature. So like, you know, first draft of a supervillain type uh, scripting. But uh, this actor, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, yeah. but but he's a he's amazing. He was really good in uh, in Peacemaker uh, too uh, for for the role that he plays in that of you know a very different kind of you know kind of government agent. But uh, oh, but not to cut you off. But I totally forgot, Matt. He was in. I forgot yeah, I that. Told you. you told me, but I, I, I just, you know Ben tells me Ben knows everything. He tells me things, and they go in and out, and I try to remember them all. That, that he's so good in Peacemaker. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess in your in your, in your defense, Keith, without spoiling it too much, I mean he's he's not in there the entire season. There's mm -hmm. a there's a point where, but um, yeah, just to get back to you, Matt, like it, that's a good point. Yeah, he's very stoic at the beginning, and then he starts to unravel, and basically at the end, he's just like it's him and Rocket, and he's just yeah. like I need to be Rocket Raccoon. Um, and um, that, I thought that was a really great example where when you mentioned that, you know, like there is no God, I'm God, basically. And even as people are just like, this is too much, you know, yeah. they, <laughs> they basically try to mutiny, um, you know, because if it was a lesser actor or they, they had him as like pokey and, and like that from the beginning, like manic from the beginning and they try to make him like that, he would come, it would come off as uh, like Matt's a cookie cutter. But I mean, he's 
the, the way he, his acting style and the way he starts off and all that, it makes him believable. So, which is a scary prospect, especially for, for that character. So like I said, that hallway fight scene was, mm-hmm. that was great. That was a great action mm-hmm. piece. And I mean, it just, unlike the MCU, like, um normal fair where it's like you have all the group joins together and there's an action piece mm-hmm. and it's like it gets hectic and things and you you kind of lose people i don't know if it's because the space of the hallway or the the, the way they filmed it but you don't lose the people you, you know who's doing what and i think that's that's that was wonderfully done so i think the the action piece is that the hallway scene in particular was very well done throughout the movie so i mean it's just i mean the entire movie i was marveling it's just shot beautifully the colors the way everything is lit um you know obviously they shot some stuff in the void with green screen but unlike the ant-man movie it's pretty seamless um obviously rocket and like young rocket and everything like that are animated and it's hard to tell what they yeah. what it is you don't see the seams there mm-hmm. um and yeah that action sequence it might be one of the best in marvel in all of marvel i think definitely in the guardian stuff and um you know keep someone mentioned um you know reminding them of a uh, old boy uh, <laughs> and it kind of reminds of the hallway just one singular um continuous shot and everyone gets to be cool and kick ass yeah. and that it's um <laughs> Yeah, it was good. And you mentioned Ant Man. You know, not not to get uh, get on Quantum Mania too much, but you look at all the care that Peyton Reed and his buddies put into the Quantum Realm. But that was all a tribute to other sci-fi movies. It was clever, you know, it was fun, but it, it was too much and it took away from the movie. Whereas when they arrive at Orgo Corp, I think it's called, that is purely a James Gunn world. I mean, it's it's Willy Wonka inspired, obviously, but you have Nathan Fillion come in. It's just bubblegum fun when they arrive there and it's so perfect but it's also it also <laughs> pays tribute i think to his trauma roots too which is mm-hmm. it's just like a little gross yeah and, exactly. you know, they're cutting into this they're cutting into this organism <laughs> that's bleeding this like yellowish blood pus whatever and even the nathan billion suits um you know he's channeling his rookie persona a little bit as a yeah. cop he's like wearing these like weird pink i don't know what they're it's like it's like imagine like a uh a pig like a pink pig piggy bank yeah. but with like <laughs> stuff with on bubbles it. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just weird but yeah. it's very it's pure james guy. <laughs> and nathan fillion has a smart small part but he's, it's very it's, good it's yeah. a great it's really a great good. scene with him and quill just 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 chatting back and forth about just and and that and that's the co-workers yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's wonderfully done so should we mention we didn't really mention because let's face it his character didn't really have that much of an impact i mean Will Poulter, Adam, Adam Warlock, he was there. He was fine. Well, he was really there just for the attack on Rocket. Yeah. And, you know, full spoilers, um, we knew Quill wasn't going to die. I'm okay with the Redemption Adam story. That was a bit much, though. You know, I, except for that, I really like the entire ending. I like where I ended up. But as Ben has said, and I joke about it, Will Poulter has one of those faces. I'm not, I'm not a violent person, but you just want to punch him in the face. It's the eyebrows. Just, I, he always plays a jerk. And he does it well, but he's just one of those people I've never liked. But, <laughs> see, that was another scene where I was like, "All right, here comes Gamora. Gamora's going to save him." And, it, and 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 it's and it's uh, Adam Warlock, which they do the they do the uh, Michael yes, Angelo, yeah, yeah. So, yes, that, yes, that, that, that was, was amazing. Yeah, it was funny at the time, but that was a little much. But I think I was laughing about that. But uh, I laughed at it, even though it was yeah. dumb. No, I, mean, I laughed it was... at it too. It's just I was like, "Yeah, really?" So, but 
unlike you guys, I kind of like, I mean, it's another character that evolves. I mean, he's basically just a mindless kid who's just there to beat crap up. I mean, so that's, yeah. that's what he is. And I mean, basically he, 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 after he loses his mother and then it's just like, he joins, he joins the gang like unwillingly at the, for most of it, but I mean, he just gets to see him evolve. And so I mean, it's, it's not as good as the rest, but I mean, he does have a character arc too. It's just like every character in this movie has has a character arc. My, my last point, I think, why I also enjoyed it is that I could just focus on the Guardians. This mm-hmm. movie, unlike Quantumania with Kang or any of the other movies that we've seen, Black post Panther. Endgame, Black, Black Panther, Panther this is just about them. It's not setting anything up. I mean, yeah, you have the new you have the new class of Guardians, but. There is no, you know, spoiler alert. There's no cameo at the end of where Captain Marvel and Quan and and uh, Quantum and Ms. Marvel they show up and they're just yeah. like, well, what's off to our next adventure? It's just it's from the beginning credits to the end stuff with Star Lord. It's just about the Guardians, um, and I, I appreciate that. I I don't know if the rest of the Marvel movies that we're going to see are going to be able to adhere to that. I feel like you know the Marvels is. Uh, when we see that in November is just going to also contribute to the machine and, mm-hmm. and set up uh, the next episode in the MCU TV probably, universe. Probably but, Secret Invasion, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, uh, well, Secret Invasion will come in before Marvel. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so, well, Secret Invasion is going to set up the Marvel probably. Yeah. So, yeah. But <laughs> the music was spectacular. This, it always <laughs> is. I really, and I think that's what caught me at Guardians One was just the music choice they mm-hmm. had, and it, and the movie just. The movie was like the music kind of led me to the movie, and the movie was great. It led me to this franchise. So I think the best choice of music, and I always love when this song comes on. But when when they're boarding the ship, when they're boarding the uh, the high evolutionary ship, mm-hmm. and uh, Peter Quill turns on "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." Yeah, and <laughs> I was great. I always <laughs> love when that song comes on, and it's just it's it's a wonderful mm-hmm. setup to a nice action piece, and it's very well done. And, so, it, and he gets yeah. that that slow yeah. walk in. Yes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I, I think that was well done. I mean, what <laughs> do y'all have a favorite music choice from the movie? Well, I but, think the, like I said, the introduction of Rocket to Creep was just it sets up the whole tone of the of the movie, and I I thought that was perfect. Um, um, you know, it kind of fits in my wheelhouse. There's like a lot of 90s music that's played that I grew up with. You know, um, Space Hog, uh, you know, that was like one of the big songs, like I think my senior year in high school and everything like that. And, uh, you know, that Florence and the Machine song at the end is very good. That was a good song. I, I, I didn't know, but it was a good song to end on. So Well, they played a lot of movies. And um, I, I well, just slightly disagree with you. I mean, I love the Beastie Boys, but... They seem to be used a lot. Um, you know, intergalactic yeah, is right. used when, in the Marvel yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is, but still, when, when, when you hear that first starting opening beat, yeah. and no, see, no sleep till Brooklyn. Like, it, da, da, it does fit the Peter Quill swagger. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and, but, and you know, um, I was listening to another podcast. They're saying too that you know because MCA is passed away, unfortunately, they're not making new music, and so the beast. This is how the Beastie Boys make money. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But Matt, do you got a favorite song from the movie? Well. Uh, I did like uh, I did like No Sleep Till Brooklyn in this case, probably just because of the uh, the 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 way that you know when Drax opens the door and you see a million dudes there are, again. Me thinking that Drax <laughs> is going to die, I'm like, uh oh, you know, we're about to get one of those you know kind of subversive moments where it's like, oh no, 
triumphant moment replaced immediately by horrifying uh destruction and then i uh and then i realized oh no it's gonna be a fight and it's gonna be you know this this really cool battle and so i was i was all in on that but i don't know i give a shout out to the um and and i feel bad that i can't remember the name of it but the flaming lips song i oh, thought yeah. it was really do you, sweet it's just, do you believe or yeah okay yeah, yeah, that might yeah be do it. you realize yeah, or something song. like that I, but yeah. I, I got i got i gotta make a reference to um uh since you've been gone by rainbow um yeah. I, I i love i love i love rainbow so it's a, that and uh they had a they had a southern rock song on there too and I, it's killing me that i can't remember it i think we're we're approaching the hour mark here so i think we should probably start wrapping up does anybody have any closing thoughts matt do you have any closing thoughts about this movie anything we missed it's um i think i think ben you probably mentioned this earlier on um somebody did so forgive me if i'm misattributing but uh but it's kind of the 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 big question about this is that this movie was in a lot of ways really triumphant you know it's like a it 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 wraps up the story in a good way it's kind of hard to tell though what's going to happen with marvel movies after this Mm -hmm. if they'll like kind of take some of the lessons of this where like you guys said it's like it's so <laughs> focused on the guardians it just tells a really good guardian story or yeah ben if it's oh, like no, they're just gonna, shaking, i don't see ben is shaking his head no i don't have any i don't have any faith I, i'm excited for the marvels movie it looks fun but yeah. i don't <laughs> it i mean yeah the marvels I, I I've I've been impressed with what I've seen out of the trailers just because it looks like it'll be a little bit different and that's cool. But at the same time, that feels like that is as I mean it, I mean it's called the Marvels. That feels like as much of a Marvel universe mm-hmm. moving movie. We know as the next like three or four movies. With. You guys know more than me. Yeah, um, I can look it up real quick, but I'm just curious. I just I, I can I can promise you that I don't think I will yeah. have the emotional connection I did with this no. movie. I definitely will not be like I well, I cry at all movies, but like I definitely like <laughs> this one there were some tough there were some well, tough you know, Ben's right that he says he doesn't have quite the attachment we do to the um Guardians, but close. This one hit me as hard as Endgame. I just in a different way. This was a really yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally I probably, agree. I probably cried a little more in Endgame, but like I said, or teared up, but I def I definitely teared up like two or three times. And I teared up at the end too just seeing the just seeing the clips from the prior movies sure, and all yeah. that it's just because you know it's over and i mean it's like J- james gunn had turned in a, a a damn near masterpiece in this and i mean it's just and now it's over and i mean it, it ended the guardians on a high note but and like i said maybe uh, hopefully he'll he'll turn out movies like this for the dc universe to get them back up and mm-hmm. running but i mean it's just it's it's over now so i mean um, you know we've been with these characters for nine years now um three standalone movies we saw them in the avengers movies they made a cameo in thor love and thunder i mean they've just pretty much been our lives probably mm-hmm. at least a movie a year or it averages like that um since 2014 so. and are they the only ones i think they might be who when the marvel logo comes out it's only them uh, i think that's a new thing is, yeah. it, is it okay I, I, I never noticed that before that was a, that was a, oh, yeah. they did they did the same thing with black panther okay. Okay. Uh, wakanda forever in fact yeah. since shadwick died if you fire up um black panther on disney plus it's all chadwick okay okay, yeah. okay. did they do that with spider-man too i don't think they did maybe, did maybe. well i just liked it this time it's but, fun <laughs> um next up the next four movies and okay. this and this will wrap up phase five is uh the marvels which is supposed to slated for november 10th um captain america new world order which is slated for may 3rd 2024 wow. Wow. um thunderbolts which is slated for july 26 2024 mm-hmm. and then uh blade which unfortunately that's been shut down to the writer strike is slated for wow. se- september 6 2024 so, so i think ben is right we could go anywhere but it might not be good yeah no. I, I think it'll be all right it's just i don't think we're going to care as much 
Yeah. I mean, it's like all, all the characters that you you you've cared for, they're they're either retired or um, moved on. So yeah. I mean, like yeah. the only the only characters that are like around that like from from the beginning of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like it's basically like Bruce Banner. It's like the Incredible Hulk. So. I mean, like Chris, Chris Hemsworth, maybe Hemsworth has kind maybe. of stepped away for a little bit. So, I mean, it's it's basically just Bruce Banner, and that's it. So, well, but I can oh, see, uh, see us building to Anthony Mackie as Captain America. Oh, yeah. no, no. Well, yeah. no, I mean, he's going to yeah. be the center. I mean, of, yeah. as someone we could get that yeah. attachment to. And I'm sorry, I, I keep forgetting Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, oh, but, yeah, with, yeah. but with Renner's like health crisis, you know, like, when, when is he coming back, if at all? I mean, so. Well, but, they, they, they have the, be back. They already introduced <laughs> the new generation, um, yeah. Kate Bishop and. You know, uh, Yelena Belova and all those. Yeah, there's there's potential for characters we'll we'll get attached to. There's potential, but I mean, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's probably going to take another like five or six years before Mm -hmm. and character building up before we Mm -hmm. finally get into them. So I mean, that's that's the downside of this. I mean, when where when you got the old guard, it's like when the new guard comes in, you gotta you gotta hope that the that they'll catch on with the fans and hopefully build you'll build a connection to them. So which Mm -hmm. we'll 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 see, right? I mean, the Marvels. Uh, you know, you have two people in Ms. Marvel and Spectrum, I guess, right? Or Quantum or Spectre. whatever. I mean, Spectrum, yeah. Spectrum, you know, who were jumping from TV, who made their debut on the Marvel TV stuff. And um, so we'll we'll see there. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's changed. I mean, you, you think about comic book history, right? I mean, that OG Avengers lineup from the comics, I mean, it only lasted like four, you know, four issues. All right. So, Matt, I, I want to thank you again for coming aboard yeah thanks for joining us matt talking about this so thank you guys yep and welcome back anytime we do a sewer movie or anything else yeah so (laughs) next one on on tap is uh cross the spider-verse which i believe Mm. you're probably just as excited as i am on that aren't you matt so i'm pretty excited i think that's gonna be pretty fun less than a month from now yeah Yeah. less than a month now so awesome all right well, well we'll book you then um in the meantime, uh, Keith, you want to do our plugs? Oh, you can reach us at Movies in the Meal, OG at gmail.com, uh, Movies in the Meal on Twitter, and give us a listen on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcast. Cool. All right, so thanks again for Matt for coming on. But I think for this episode of Movies in the Meal, I'm Ben. And Keith, Brad, push!